0: Hello. Hey, Jen.
1: How's it going? It's good. Good, good.
0: This is Daddy Pate interviewing uh, Jennifer Barisak. I hope I pronounced your last name right, Jennifer.
1: Barisak, yep. Pretty okay.
0: close. Jennifer, tell us me about your first pony, what his name was, and how you came by it. Well, I took it to
1: the public and her. So I didn't. Already, I, I was like maybe 10 years old, and finally my mom faded after my entire room was plastered with posters, and everything was horses,
0: and that's all I talked about the horses. Jennifer, you're kind of fading in and out for some reason. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Go for it. Oh, okay. Okay, you're perfect uh, now.
1: Okay, So anyway, I was just a horse-crazy girl, and my parents knew nothing about horses, so it took a while to convince them even to let me take a lesson and ride. But um, finally, my mom gave in and said I can get a horse. So the very first horse that I went to look at was a friend of my sister's. It was a horse in the backyard named Harmony. It was a mare, chestnut mare, and um, it was western. I was riding western, and uh, I, I was in this big field, and I was only... 10 or 11 years old, and I couldn't stop her, and they made a human chain to try to stop her, and she broke the human chain, and finally I got her stopped, and I was so terrified that my mom wouldn't let me get a horse. I'm like, she's perfect. I love her. So, (laughs) first horse was Harmony, and we bought her for $500, and, uh, we got her vetted for $50. It was just upset to come and say her heart was still beating and her lungs were good.
0: <laughs> that was good. What happened to her? How long did you have
1: her? I had her for a few years and then I decided I wanted to jump and I had her at my uncle's farm and he had Shetland ponies and I used to show the Shetland ponies in hand. You know, you have to make them park out and they have to put their knees up and down, you know, like, and i I did all that stuff with my uncle, and you know you put the um, the rubber bands to make them make them raise their feet up higher. But he he was very—I only knew the kind of way to do everything, so it didn't it didn't seem mean to do or anything like that. And he never taught me how to lunge, so I was running all around all the time, running with the horse, running with the ponies, running, running, running. And then one day I happened to notice him out in the ring and he was lunging and I said what are you doing <laughs> and why didn't you teach me how to do this <laughs> so that's kind of funny but uh, yeah I, I showed I showed Shetland ponies and uh, then I finally wanted to write English and my mom caught me jumping jumps out in the. we had like a field with trees and woods and I set up some jumps out there and she caught me jumping and she's like if you're going to do that you need to take lessons so then down the road from our house Was a farm, and I brought her there, and I started taking lessons. And that was uh, Willie Delayer, Harry Delayer's brother. And I think the most interesting part of my career is that I was able to, you know, be somebody that didn't have a lot of money and was able to work and be recognized for hard work and like I just wouldn't leave the barn I was constantly sweeping or watering I just made myself a fixture in the barn and it became evident that that's what I want to do and and really gave me some opportunities when I became a better rider to start riding some of his horses and eventually I became his rider and you know, we mostly had jumpers, and we showed mostly locally. But I got to show at Devon and the National Horse Show, and you know, I had a really good horse named Drafty, who, funny enough, I we purchased from my current husband. <laughs> so that was uh, I was like, he hates when I tell this story. like 15 years old when when we went and looked for horses, but um, but. Uh, that had nothing to do with how we got together, but it's just kind of funny.
0: Well, you, you, that's how you met then. And, and what happened horse, to yeah. that horse? How long did you show him? And tell me about I mean, the success the horse,
1: you had. That horse, that horse was amazing, and he was a thoroughbred and brave, brave, brave. Would jump anything, and had he thought he had the scope of any best horse in the world. And uh, I showed him through the juniors and the amateurs, and won a lot of stuff, and had some recognition with him. And, uh the Junior and Amateur Jumpers, and then ended up selling him to Paige Rassus through Todd Minikus. And uh, he had a wonderful life. Paige was champion at Washington on him, and he ended up getting retired, and I, he passed away, but she gave him a wonderful retirement. So he had a great life.
0: Well, that's he, amazing. Tell me about the next horse after that and the success you had with it.
1: Um, and, well, then... The next course, Willie, really, you would Well, actually, at that point, I could say that um, with Drafty, I, I moved from Willie to Karen marsh and she also lives very close to my house, and she needed a rider, and I was looking for... You know, I wanted to start my career, and it was time to move forward from from where from what Willie was able to do for me. And um, I had drafting at a time. <clears throat> and she helped me go to some of the bigger shows. I showed him, you know, like Oxridge, Fairfield, all the, like all the Vermont, Killington, and all those shows that I never got to do with Willie. And Lake Placid, and I was interested, like it was, being able to ride with Barney Ward and Tim Grubb in the same schooling area is just like totally amazing. And uh, I got a lot of education with her and then I had a break. She needed a rider. She had a really nice horse named Condor, owned by Andrea Dante and he was a hunter and he did the regular workings at the time and Karen got hurt and she needed somebody to show him at indoors and she asked if I would show him, and uh, I had some success with him at indoors, and nobody really knew me. And I didn't really ever ride hundreds like that. That was uh, one thing that really drilled into me is style and, you know, soft hands. And he wanted me always to ride like Katie, Katie Monaghan, you know. You need to ride like Katie. You know, so always drilling in the, the smoothness of the ride and that, you know, it should look smooth and you could be faster even when you look slow. So I think that helped me when I was making the transition to riding hunters. So through that, I got some recognition as a hunter-rider, and then I ended up, at that point, I was almost 20, 21 years old, and I ended up, uh, Rolf called me at one point because I did tell him I was looking for, um, my current husband, Rolf, for a new job or somebody I wanted to move forward from Karen and have some more opportunities and if he knew of anybody and he ended up calling me about a jumper so I ended up riding that jumper for him and then one thing led to the next and I became, uh, you know, he offered me more rides so I started working for Rolf and uh, the rest is history on that
0: (laughs) Well you and Rolf has had a lot of success on the horses and Vic was telling me about some of the horses y'all bought for him Tell me about the early horses y'all had and how many champions you guys had together. Y'all had a long string of horses, I know, come through your farm.
1: Yeah, there were quite a few before I even got there. We all had uh, an eye for a horse that I don't know too many people that have that ability to see through so many things without ever sitting on the horse. And we bought a lot of horses through Timonium, and you can't even watch them jog. You're just... You know those thoroughbreds, two-year-olds three, in training, and three-year-olds. You're literally can touch them and pick up their feet, and he would do a flex test to see how the shoulders worked. And but you can't even—you can only watch them walk. So, amazing. He just was had an incredible knack for picking out these horses. So, uh, TriStar. Um, there are quite a few that, you know. I didn't do a lot of showing. We, we broke a lot of these young horses and got them going, and then they got sold. Jack Stedding was successful with a bunch of them. TriStar comes to mind. Um, gosh, there were, you know, John French bought a bunch. I would have to get back to you on the names of
0: some of these horses. Oh, that's okay. Just tell me about the ones that you and uh, Roth uh, bought along yeah. and sold to the customers inside the barn.
1: Gifted was a very special horse we ended up selling to Lee Kellogg at the time, Lee Sagerin. And that was a horse that was an incredible horse for her. She had some, she was champion at the National, champion at Washington, champion at Devon. She was super successful with that horse. And uh, she also had Sterling. And I had another customer who had a horse named Mumbo. These are all horses that we imported from Germany, so right. we went from thoroughbreds to now flying to Europe and getting horses imported, so these are all imported horses now that we're talking about.
0: And do they still have these horses now? Are they still showing, or are they retire them?
1: Well, this is a long... Gift no longer with us. He had a beautiful retirement, and uh, he retired sound and happy, and... Sterling is now retired. As these, I mean, we've been in business since 1993, so we're talking, you know, I think Lee started riding with me in 2000. Lee's been with me for a very long time. Yeah,
0: it's 23 years.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So we've been through quite a number of horses. She has, uh, right now she has Rafiki, and now her niece rides Rafiki, has Rafiki, and she has Blink. I think it's been a really just very special horse that she's been champion on quite a few times now, and he's been championed at a bunch of shows.
0: Is that the gray horse I saw when I was in Wellington?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, he's worth a lot of money now. uh, Peter Kellogg was telling me about a guy tried to buy him. These
1: horses now are getting sold for unbelievable money, and I can't honestly tell you how many people come up to me and they're like, his that horse is just in a league of his own. I mean, that, he's that special. Even this league, you know, we're, at, we're here in Wellington with the best horses. But he just is in a class of his own. It's He's a special
0: horse. Yeah, they, they sure are expensive nowadays. It's amazing. Yeah. When I was down there, all those horses at Wellington, they look all the same but just different colors. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, tell us about the horse y'all bought from Vic and Danny Barris. Ralph was telling me that story. He was down there. And...
1: Yeah, so we bought this incredible jumper from uh, Guido Club, and it turned out she, it was a mare, and she just wasn't quiet enough for Lee to rise. So then we ended up trading another horse, and that horse didn't quite work out, and Vic happened to be here. Uh, with this horse named Augustine and uh, we said look we're trying to find a horse for Lee to trade out of so he's like we'll let's try this one and uh, you know we ended up getting him and he had his little quirks and you know didn't quite work out in the very beginning and then I got hurt that year too so Lee was patient and waited and then we got him going and he just uh turned out to be quite a special horse she was champion at washington with him uh he wins actually he beats his brother Blink quite often <laughs> because this horse is uh you, you start making a decision that's not the right decision and oftentimes he just is like no there's another stride there <laughs> and i can't tell you how many classes she's Trying to not win and he wins it anyway. Like, literally
0: trying to leave a stride out and he's recognizing that far enough away that he just is like, and just makes another stride happen. So pretty. Very smart horse. Pretty special. Yeah, that's a very special
1: horse that had a stride And that she
0: could. (laughs) Yeah, she could understand that he's putting another stride in, so she has to be with him when he leaves the ground. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, like I said, I wish that was something that I could actually teach the horses because it's a it's a real lifesaver. It's been and it helps her understand. She was asking for something undoable. Yeah, the horse couldn't he knew he's not gonna be able to do that, so we're not even gonna try. I'm gonna show you there's another strike.
0: <laughs> right, tell us about some of the stars you have in the barn now and what's the plan for those.
1: Link, for sure, he's he's our biggest star, and, you know, hopefully getting Lee to move up to the three-foot-six and staying consistent there. She's, you know, again, I think she feels the pressure because he's he's so special. She's always trying to be perfect. Um, We have a lot of young horses that we bred um, by standing ovation and two mares that we had that were have very good breeding and uh got injured so they've given us some really lovely babies that are coming up that we're very excited about um caroline has a new horse named kodiak that i think is a pretty special horse i'd like him to maybe do some derbies and have her get into doing that she has never been able to do those before so i think this horse can take her there and um you know, we're trying to be in a place where we're a little more specific. So I'm down to, you know, basically these horses the Kellogg horses, and I do have a few other customers. But you know, it's a little bit difficult these days finding help and you know, qualified help that can take care of the horses proper. And we're just to the point where we'd rather get a little smaller and uh where we can have a little more control of what's going on.
0: Absolutely. Well, do you have any advice? You and Roth have had a lot of success and champions after champions. Do you have any advice for young people coming up?
1: Um, that's where I feel like my story is a little bit different than everybody. I don't feel like I have – you know, my clients have a lot of success because I bring those horses along and – my goal in the in the show ring is to be making sure that those horses are broke good enough so that the clients can ride them. I'm more worried about their success. Um, right,
0: that's that's a, your success too. You know, uh, you want I, to be proud of the horses where, that you sell.
1: So I feel like being able to. I mean, it was a lot of. I, Lived in the barn, and I didn't get paid, and I was happy to do whatever was asked of me. And I never, if I mean, there were plenty of times I had to go fix the fence, and my, I mucked all the stalls for three years. I mucked all the stalls, and I, I was the only one there. I did it all by myself and swept the barn, and you know, we, you know, he had a, a standard that he wanted his barn kept. That William talking about, and. You know, and I, that was my job and clean all the tack and do all the grooming and clip the horses. I mean, I could do almost everything that needs to be done in this business. And I feel very fortunate that I can do all of that. And I find that's not the case for a lot of these people. They just want to ride.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good so foundation. Much more
1: to this than riding. And riding is a privilege. And doing all this other stuff, you know, taking care of the horses, mucking their stalls, like learning all the stuff that you need to do to take care of their legs and wrapping and how to take care of all the equipment and you know, it just makes you appreciate these animals so much more. And I find especially kids that are going through like a lot of yeah, you know, they're just competing in the equitation and like have some compassion for these horses. It's, uh, I, You're never going to go wrong when you are making choices about something if you're putting the horse first.
0: Yeah, it's always for the love of the horse. You know, that's how everybody gets started, for the love of the horse.
1: For the love of the I mean, like I said, my room was plastered with – you couldn't even see what color my walls were because I had so many posters up. And, you know – and I had a big American flag. Of course, I had the dream that I was going to the Olympics one day, you know, I had all that, you know, you've all fallen, you know, your dreams, but keep in mind. And I've always had to check myself, like, you know, you have to keep the horse. Number one, Your all your decisions have to be to benefit the horse, whatever is right for them. That's what you're going to do. And if you stick with that, you're going to go far.
0: Well, thank you very much, Jen, for your interview. And we'll be in touch with you to get some pictures for the book. And, like again, thank you very much.
1: Well, thank you for including me. I appreciate
0: it. Absolutely. You have a good day. Take
1: care.